Hi, and welcome to Books at Queen's. My name is Ashley McMacken, and this podcast series is all about people in the Queen's community and the books that they have found inspiring. Today, I'd like you to meet Dr. Roel Vertigal. Roel is a computer science professor at Queen's specializing in human-computer interaction, and the book that he's chosen to tell you about is QED, The Strange Theory of Light and Matter, by Richard P. Feynman. I'm uh, Dr. Vertigal. I'm a computer science professor. My specialty is human-computer interaction, and I'm very interested in new ways of interacting with computers and today's computers, of course, the smartphone. So I've been designing different ways of working with smartphones, uh, most notably using eye movements to manage notifications on a smartphone, which you can now find in the iPhone X, uh, but also flexible phones. And uh, my current interest is in uh, hologrammatic displays. So I wanted to talk about someone who I've been a big fan of uh, for many, many years, uh, Dr. Feynman, a very famous uh, physicist. And in light of Mr. Hawkins' passing, uh, I think it's appropriate to talk a little bit about physics, even though it's not a topic I'm necessarily educated on. Uh, But I've been doing a lot of reading, and it started out with a book called Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman, which isn't so much about physics as it is about – kind of storytelling. Richard Feynman was uh, very much a joker and a great personality. And that book is very much about how he got to be a physicist and has lots of beautiful anecdotes, such as how he broke into the safe in Los Alamos to steal the nuclear secrets um, by simply guessing the passcode to the safe uh, based on someone's birthday or the likelihood uh, that it was a birthday uh, that was used as the code. And, uh, of course, he took the documents and the next day everybody was really, really stumped how it could be possible that those documents were gone. So he was a pranker. But he's also um, given a lot of lectures that were a lot more serious. And one of the things he's known for is um, quantum electrodynamics or quantum field theory, this idea that essentially elementary particles uh, live in these oceans and they live as waves or wave patterns on these oceans uh, that make up the vacuum. So this particular book is about um, electrodynamics. That's the photons and the electrons that are moving in the uh, quantum electrodynamic field. And one of the really interesting things about that is that when a particle behaves as a wave or a wave behaves as a particle, we go, well, what is that all about? And it's one of the big mysteries of science is how can a particle be a wave and or a wave be a particle? Yet we are familiar with that notion on an everyday level. When we listen to music, we listen to a beat. A beat is a particle. But we also listen to a melody, which is typically a longer sustained sound. That would be a wave. Both are waves, but one is more like a particle than the other. And photons behave exactly the same way. Um, So... One of those mysteries is what's called the uncertainty principle, this notion that you cannot simultaneously know or only up to a certain level of definition what the momentum or velocity of a particle is or what its position is. And this is something that stumps a lot of people, but when you think about it in terms of music, um, it's very hard to tell the frequency or the pitch of a bass drum. Why? Because it's too short. Uh, It doesn't really have any time to establish a frequency 
And it's very hard to tell when a melody occurs. You can tell me when it starts, but once it's occurring, it's occurring. And that's because of the cyclical nature of these waves, um, the, the sort of basic wave being a, a sine wave. So the book that I'm reading right now is called QED, which may be a bit of a wordplay, but it's about how these how these particles behave within sort of this ocean of the vacuum. And uh, one of the most interesting propositions in this book is that they actually go everywhere. They even traverse back in time. So what that means is when a photon, a light particle, think of it as a beat in this sort of ocean of the vacuum. When it travels from point A to point B, it actually takes every possible path. Now, how is that possible? Well, it turns out that only if you consider that can you actually make highly accurate predictions of what happens in nature. And um, the way that, uh, that Mr. Feynman explains it is that you can do a wiggly path, you can do a straight path from A to B. But one thing to consider is that this thing does have a frequency. And so while the particle travels through its path, it kind of rotates like a clock. And that clock indicates the probability of the particle being in a particular spot. And so it really depends on where the clock ends, what sort of the angle of the particle is, or what the probability of the particle is, that it's going to end up there. And of course, if it takes every path, then all these clocks kind of interfere with each other. Sometimes the clock will point in opposite directions, and that means the particle won't be there simply because there's a different path that cancels it out. So how then does light travel, and how does it tend to travel in a straight line? Well, Mr. Feynman comes up with this notion of, um, uh, of, of least action, that in physics, everything is lazy. Um, if you throw a ball from one person to another, it follows the path of least resistance, which is the gravity path. That's why it's curved. It's actually a straight line in a curved space-time. So these photons do the same thing, and they tend to travel in ways which uh, makes them not interfere, makes them go more in a straight line. And so I'm going to cite a little uh, section of the book here. For each crooked path, such as path A, there's a nearby path that's a little bit straighter and distinctly shorter. That is, it takes much less time. But where the paths come nearly straight, at C, for example, a nearby straighter path has nearly the same time. That's where these arrows, so these are the, the clocks and the the direction of the clock, add up rather than cancel out, and that's where the light goes. Now, I've talked about this idea of the uncertainty principle. Mr. Feynman gives a very good example of this, and it's called diffraction. When you have light squeezed through a very small hole, it tends to spread after it passes through the hole, which is really strange. You would think that the hole would confine it to one point, but it doesn't. If the hole is close enough to the wavelength of the light, it will spread it instead. And the explanation he gives for this, and I quote, So when you try to squeeze light too much to make sure it's going only in a straight line, it refuses to cooperate and begins to spread out. What he's saying is that there's no longer enough paths available to go everywhere and cancel out. And so it no longer cancels out. And thereby it spreads the wave, which is a really miraculous way of describing diffraction, but also 
means that diffraction is an example of the uncertainty principle in action. So to finish up, we all know about lenses and we know how lenses focus the light. And so again, using this theory of quantum electrodynamics, uh, Mr. Feynman gives a really odd explanation of why lenses work. So now let's have some fun. Let's fool the light so that all the paths take exactly the same amount of time. How can we do this? How can we make the shortest path through an imaginary line that's between two points and make them take exactly the same time as the longest path? By carefully calculating and putting in just the right thickness of glass to compensate for the time along each path, we can make all the times the same. By arranging things so that all the times are equal, we can focus the light. And this is how light is focused by a lens. It also produces other effects that you may or may not have seen, but it continues to be successful explaining every phenomenon of light. And so by considering light taking the shortest time or the shortest action path in a medium, we can make very, very precise calculations um, about and predictions about what happens in nature. Thank you for listening to this episode of Books at Queen's, and thank you to Roel Vertigal for the introduction to QED, The Strange Theory of Light and Matter, by Richard P. Feynman. My name is Ashley McMacken, and Books at Queen's is a project of students in Music 156, Introduction to Digital Audio Recording, Editing, and Mixing, in collaboration with Queen's Library and CFRC Radio. Theme music is Pictures of the Country by Silent Systems, and producer of this series is Music 156 instructor Matt Rogalski. You can find other episodes of this podcast and links to all of CFRC Radio's programming at cfrc.ca. Thanks again for listening, and bye for now. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.